Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. On today's episode, we're going to talk about safety deposit boxes. How do you find one if you think something's been left by a deceased relative? How would you track that down? What happens if it goes delinquent? What are the laws around an abandoned safety deposit box? Also in this episode, you're going to hear some comments from a member of the Total Wealth Authority, Jude Heath. He's a CPA. There's a complimentary download that I think you'll like on this topic. It's on this show's webpage. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 50. This is the 50th episode of the Ask Gregory podcast. So it's gregoryricks.com slash podcast five zero. Herb in Abita Springs. You're on Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks talking to Gregory, James, and Jude. How can we help you, Herb? Hi. Uh, I have actually a question concerning safety deposit boxes. I had uh, descendants who passed away, and I'm not sure where they had their belongings at. I have contacted the state office that handles the unclaimed funds and such and found little drips and drabs there, but no one was able to help me on what happens to contents that are in safety deposit boxes when they go unpaid and or someone passes away. Can you just send me in the right direction? Do you know that they have money in safety deposit box or... No, items? they had Krugerrands and silver coins. Okay, but you don't know where they kept them? No. Well, I'm going to drill a little bit here for this gold. How do you know they had them? Because, well, it was disclosed to me that they had invested in them back in the 70s and had uh, gathered up a bunch of silver, dimes, quarters, and dollars. And I know that they existed. I've seen them. And my parents passed away, and uh, I have searched and searched and searched and do not know where what happened to them. I don't think they cashed them in. How far back and did I you see them? They, How far back did you see them? Geez, this is pre-Katrina. Okay. People will sell stuff, and, and they, they might tell you about the holdings, but they don't necessarily tell you about the selling of it. And this, And I'm relating to family situations as well. Okay. And, uh, and then the other thing, are you the only one that had access to looking for it? And they could have changed yeah. their mind on investing as well and decided to sell those items as well, whether they kept them at their home. And some people be surprised at how much gold they'll have around their house. But then also, on the other side, if they did store it somewhere and they didn't put together a will or an inventory, and we actually have a process, we help people with that. So if something happens, then you know the right people can be notified of where these things are. But that's difficult if they did have it someplace, because not that's not public information. I don't know how you would find that, but... If it was known, your name's probably not on that say, on that deposit box to get access. So I think that's going to probably have to go through the legal process of succession or probate, depending on what state you're in, to gain access to that to take possession okay. or get that authority to get to issue you privileges. And that's just like retitling, you know. A, a, we, we custody assets over at Fidelity Investments, and when, if somebody dies and they have a non-qualified account that doesn't go by beneficiary, that goes by 
succession process for that money to be transferred to who that's supposed to go to. And they're not, somebody can call up, well, that's my mom's money. I, I need it. Well, it's not going until you have a court order instructing them to do that signed by a judge. So it just, it has to follow this process. I hope that helps her. I understand. I've been there, done that with uh, my father and mother, wherever the interest rate was best, they'd put a little bit here and a little bit there. And it was a very daunting task to uh, find all of these different places as I was the uh, executor of the will. And they did not really leave a list and much was destroyed in Katrina. And my, I guess my uh, follow-up question is, what does what is the process for the banks to deal with uh, what is left unclaimed in safety deposit boxes? Here's the thing about it. If they've got money stored somewhere, somebody's sending a bill on that. I doubt they paid it for years in advance. But at some point, there's going to be a billing or notice regarding that. And if you have access to their financial records over the past few years, which probably should, uh, you might have some information there that helps you that like, what's this fee from this facility? And it's not just necessarily banks, but there's other businesses that are in that business that have, you know, safety deposit boxes, but it's not public knowledge, but you know, they're doing it to get a fee. The banks do it to get a fee. So I I would look at financial records to get an idea if they did something like that. All right, Herb. Okay. I will do it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jude, do you have anything to add to this? I mean, is this something that's overlapping with your business expertise at some point? Well, my, my thoughts are, and, and I agree with Gregory, but what I typically find with, you know, some older, and he didn't talk about the age of his parents, but so we, we get real set in our ways with our banking preferences. And so if he has an idea of who the bank was that might have held that safety deposit box, uh, then I agree with Gregory. If it's within the last seven years and you can get access on microfiche to uh, the banking records, say if they passed away within the last seven years, see if you can find a safety deposit box charge uh, but you you are going to need an attorney, you know, to to either subpoena or request of that bank for the all the banking records that uh, his mom and dad had, and, and of course look for the safety deposit box charge, and then you know start get the get the attorney to start inquiring. Well, where did the money go? If it went if it went up to the state level, then it probably was sold. I don't see them physically loading silver dimes and quarters. Uh, up to the states, so was probably sold and transferred, and he ought to still have access to that money. So I, I agree with what was said, but I think it starts with where, what bank does he think they would have had that safety deposit box at? I would say the high probability is where they did their banking at. Very big probability. Now I, I'll go and throw something else into the mix here because you you remember when Katrina hit the New Orleans area. It made everything difficult. You know, banks were flooded. If you had a safety deposit box, guess what? You weren't getting to it for a while. You know, I remember a a credit union was holding a title to one of my vehicles I needed to do something with. And that title sat in that building a long time. So I had to get a, a duplicate title issued for that reason. But which makes me think of, 
you know, if I'm part of my thinking on banking and, and, and saving and access to money is I need to make sure if I need it and things kind of go to Hades in a basket, so to speak, how, do I need an alternative place? So that could be a reason that it might be held elsewhere or in the next community, so to speak, there. And it's just ideas out there. But I go back, like you said, you know, where'd they do their banking? I think that's your highest probability if they had them stored there, it was there. I was relating to it also from when my mother passed away a couple years ago, and there was a number of things being looked for. And uh, my two sisters kind of searched everything and there was things that they expected to be there and it was the same thing we well we knew she had it we we know this and we know this but it those items never turned up so you know it, it right happens. and i agree i agree gregory and you know the other thing that i thought of as uh as a man was talking is the parents were they alert enough to pay their bills up until the date of their death, that you know, that's a good question to ask because sometimes as we get older, we we do let things lapse and, and we don't pay our bills. And of course, like you said, there would have been notices or fees or uh, charges that should have been paid by the bank or, or should have at least gone out uh, by the sent by the bank. But the question is really is were they alert enough to pay be paying their bills timely up until their date of death? And if that's the case there ought to be records of safety deposit box charges in inside of their banking records. So regarding Louisiana law's abandonment of safety deposit box, a safety deposit box uh, leased from any bank shall be deemed abandoned and the bank may remove the contents of such safety deposit box if the rental therefore remains unpaid as provided under subsection B of this section or pursue it to the terms of the safety to deposit box contract or otherwise permitted by law. Only the safety deposit box itself and not the contents may be deemed abandoned as provided herein. Uh, under B, they define it as the safety deposit box rental is delinquent for six months. The bank, after 60 days notice by mail, addressed to the leasee at his address or shown on the safety deposit box contract may, if the rent has not been paid within the time specified in said notice, open the box in the presence of a couple of employees of the bank and our notary public who shall make an inventory of the contents of the box and place such contents in a seal. This is nice here. Sealed envelope they're describing here or other container uh, in the name of the leasee, the bank shall then send notice to the administrator of the Uniform Unclaimed Property Act of 1997 for publication. C notes, after the bank has entered an abandoned safety deposit box and removed the contents thereof, it shall then hold such contents in the name of the leasee subject to a lien and privilege for the unpaid rent. So they could uh, sell such to recover money, right? If you can sell it, cool. If if it's just keepsakes, then you hold it for ransom, sort of. I mean, it's a legal form of holding it for ransom. But what do they call it? Subject to lien? Yeah, we'll give back yeah, your, your old birth certificate lien. and the photos of your great-grandparents if you catch up on your rent, maybe. 
It's kind yeah, of what I'm picking of up from storing that. any other costs, expenses, or other amounts provided in the lease by law. If such amounts are not paid in full within one year from the date it became abandoned, the bank may sell all or part of its contents by public, private, or judicial sale in accordance with Louisiana law. After the bank has entered an abandoned safety deposit box, remove the contents thereof. The bank may immediately release that abandoned safety deposit so they can start getting it back to work making them money and that was regarding banks but you know there are other businesses you we see a lot of these storage facilities and some of them have their own vault system so make sure you pay your rent you know they did a tv show about that as well back in the day yeah the old storage wars Yeah, storage wars. Once again, going through records and such of trying to find that, and and maybe if they kept records over the past 20 years, and you said, well, you know, I I saw the, like you said, back in the 70s, 80s, I I saw the coins, but they may have sold them, and maybe you could track where, yeah, in 2003, June was the last billing on that safety deposit box. Well, they've emptied it and moved on from that. So, and having the records to find that out. And that's where even people have called about life insurance. I know we had a life insurance policy. Can't find any information about the company. Well, you have to check financial records because you know, life insurance normally is paid monthly and there should be some records of a billing in, in the banking statements to track that down, to give you an idea of who was billing and if there may well be some benefits in that case. Otherwise it's a hot treasure hunt. Thanks for hanging out today. That's going to about do it for today's episode. Thanks for learning a little bit more about safety deposit boxes and the laws around how those things work. We have a complimentary download that I think you'll be interested in. Go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 50. gregoryricks.com slash podcast 50. Yeah, if you're needing help on something like that, investment planning, estate planning, you know, the guided planning system that we do is uh, income planning, investment planning, state planning, creating tax efficiency, and oh yeah, healthcare, even beyond retirement. Just start with a 15-minute conversation, 504-832-9200, GregoryRicks.com. Gregory Ricks and Associates is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, WJ Blanchard Law LLC, Jay Heath and Company, and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal and credited interest subject to surrender charges. Annuity guarantees and protections are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurer. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent 
represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Rickson Associates is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute legal or tax advice. Our firm is not affiliated or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Rickson Associates. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks.